Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's interview with Andrew Allegretta. Uh, once again, thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us last week. It was a blast. And uh, if you guys paid attention to what we talked about last week in Vandy Baseball, you would have seen that Vandy took two out of three from number two Arkansas to get a number four seed in the SEC baseball tournament. So I, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to be talking some Vandy baseball before their game kicks off tonight and talk a little bit about Na- little Nashville SC. They've been super hot lately, but sadly had their first loss in nearly eight games uh, coming in their U.S. Open Cup matchup against Inter-Miami in the round of 16. So, but before we get into that, I just want to say thank you guys for listening and to please continue to subscribe and follow the Sports Credential Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. When you subscribe to our podcast, you don't have to do anything else. Every time there's a new episode every week, it'll pop up right on your feed. You don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to go digging through your podcast to see if there's a new episode. You're subscribed. You'll get a new episode every week. So please uh, subscribe to our podcast. Share it. If you can leave a comment or a rating, that would be fantastic. The more you do that, the longer we can do the podcast here. And please be sure to follow the Sports Credential on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We will have you covered all year long, all day long, all week long of everything and anything Nashville sports. Whether it's Nashville SC, whether it's Vandy Baseball, whether it's Titans and training camp or NASCAR later in June and then IndyCar in August and then hockey starts again. We're, we're covering everything and we will have you covered. So please be sure to follow the Sports Credential on social media, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And please be sure to sign up for the Sports Credentials free email listing uh, where we will send our weekly Friday email with all the news that you may have missed that past week. We also will send out breaking news emails, major story emails and everything in between. So please be sure to subscribe. Please be sure to follow. So first thing I'd like to jump into is Nashville SC. They've been fantastic. Hani Mukhtar has been the best player in MLS, and he's finally getting more recognition outside of just the MLS circle. People are actually starting to turn their heads and say, this guy is not just a really good player. He is a all-star MVP, consistently amazing player, and will be the superstar for MLS for the time being and the near future, definitely. Since Nashville's 2-1 to one loss last month against uh, NYCFC in New York on April 15th, they've been able, able to pull out a draw against LAFC, win a U.S. Open Cup game, beat rival Atlanta United 3-1, decimate Chicago 3-0, knock out Dallas in the Open Cup 2-0, pick up a draw in D.C., beat Miami 2-1, to one, and then beat Charlotte in Charlotte 2-1. to one. They've been on fire, and Hani Mukhtar has been really the guy. He, he has been the reason for everything. He has either scored or has assisted, assisted a goal in six of their last seven matches. That includes uh, two goals against Charlotte, an assist against Miami, a hat trick against Chicago, 
and a equalizing goal against LAFC to pick up a huge draw against arguably the best team in MLS right now at home a few weeks ago. So let's look at what the rest of schedule looks like and what this team can look like going into this heart of the summer. Because they started off well, then they kind of fell apart a little bit and kind of found themselves in a tough spot, um, you know, losing to New England, losing to Cincinnati, drawing against Toronto. So they were having kind of like this rough patch, picking up a handful of losses uh, before losing to NYCFC, which then in turn turned to a catalyst point for Nashville to go on this eight-game undefeated streak. It, w- it was amazing to watch. But the real reason, I mean, like I said, it was Hani Mukhtar. He's been unbelievable. He's been by far the best player on the field for Nashville, by far the best player in all of MLS. Everything has been kind of connecting for Nashville. Their defense has been fantastic with Shaq Moore and Dan Lovitz and Walker Zimmerman. Even with a Zimmerman out these last couple games, we saw McNaughton come in and make his Nashville SC debut, and he's been fantastic the last couple games he's played. Joe Willis has been world-class, arguably his best season so far with Nashville, definitely one of his best, if not the best. And the way that Gary has been working this formation and kind of creating this diamond in the middle of the, the middle of the pitch to create almost like this pocket where guys in the midfield, like with Randall and with Dax and Alex Moyle have been able to really transition well from defense to offense and be able to set up Hani or set up Fafa or Jacob Schaffelberg. It's uh it's really been working out very well. And we've seen in these US Open Cup matches how the B team, you know, guys coming in like Anunga and Panico and Nat and uh starting Fafa or starting Jacob and having a couple guys uh that aren't usually the uh MLS game day starters come in and really play extremely well and get points and score goals and it's been impressive to watch, even without the Hani Mukhtar, Walker Zimmerman, Shaq Moore core, that this team has been able to beat teams like Dallas and go toe-to-toe against a really good Miami team in Miami with the heat, with the weather delay, and all that stuff. It really shows that this is a quality team that can go forward and can go very far. There's a big question about whether or not they need to make a move for a you know pure striker, a number nine pure striker to help Hani Mukhtar because it really is all on Hani. If you take Hani out of the picture, I'm not sure they would have been able to win some of these games by especially by how much they did win by three one to Atlanta, three zero against Chicago, two to one against Charlotte. I mean these are these are big wins against big teams. Um, I'm not sure without Hani Mukhtar's presence what these results would have looked like. And we're seeing Fafa coming into his mold a little bit more. We're seeing Alex Moyle come in uh, late in games and being able to score or add a whole lot. We're seeing Jacob Schaffelberg really come into his own and be a top-tier player. I mean, he's by far the fastest guy on the field every week. It's just absolutely mind-blowing to see how fast he is and how you give him the ball up on the left side, he's going to run with it, and he's going to be able to get in the box and create an opportunity and possibly draw a foul and see him draw a penalty like we have so many times this season. 
it's uh it's been remarkable to watch and so much fun to watch and he's so young and he's so talented he's only going to get better so especially going into this heart of this you know june july is it's going to be rough for the team and to be able to have a guy like jacob who how fast he is and how talented he is is only going to make this team stronger so let's take a look at their schedule. Um, after a couple back-to-back-to-back games, uh, Saturday game, midweek game, Saturday game, midweek game, both MLS and U.S. Open Cup games, just uh, these guys haven't had that much rest. Uh, after last night's game, a uh, tough loss to Miami in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, they're back on the field just a couple days later on Sunday against the Columbus Crew. That is a 7.30 uh, kickoff at Geodis Park. And this could be a good opportunity for Nashville to bounce back after a tough loss in Miami to get a win at home against a team that's struggling. And then from there, they'll be back on a normal uh, one game every six to seven days schedule. Um, in the heart of June, they're going to have some interesting matchups that are going to be uh, really fun to watch. So they have Columbus twice. They start or they end May with Columbus and then they end June with Columbus in Columbus. Then they face Dallas again on June 3rd in Dallas. That could be another big game or a game that Dallas would want to take back. Then they got to face Toronto in Toronto on June 10th. June 17th, Nashville SC welcomes the St. Louis City, the uh, expansion team, which will probably bring out a decent crowd from St. Louis and should be an extremely exciting game. It should be a fun game to see another expansion team welcomed into the MLS then later that week, they will be in Montreal facing on uh, CF Montreal before ending against Columbus. So it's going to be an interesting stretch. you got a couple teams that are good but not great but can still put up a big fight. you got a Toronto team that's currently in last place. you got a Montreal team that's three points from last place. you got Columbus, who's in the middle of the pack, hanging on the eighth seed in the east. And then you actually got a pretty good St. Louis and Dallas teams that are out in the West currently tied in third and fourth place for currently in third and fourth place with 22 points each. So they have a handful of teams that can really have the opportunity to beat up on and some decent teams that are in a similar situation as them kind of on that mid high section of the conference standings they got to take up on. And what, what are the keys to winning these games? Starting off hot early and carrying that momentum early in the second half. If they can do that, they'll be able to find a sweet spot to score and to prevent any type of quick transitions. Nashville's defense, like I said earlier, has been amazing and will continue to look really good as long as guys stay healthy. And once Walker gets back on the field, I think a lot of people will uh, be uh, much more comfortable. But there are some good teams there. St. Louis is really showing off as a, a scrappy team that, can play really, really tough and really, really hard soccer. Dallas has always been able to have a pretty solid team on the field all season long, despite the uh, Nashville's win against them in the U.S. Open Cup. That was their B-side, so I don't want to judge them too hard for that loss. But this month of June is going to be a really important one for Nashville to see if they can continue this momentum of success and not drop too many games, even though they are playing good teams, and in a way from Geodis Park. So there, there's going to be uh, big games to see if they can pull out some draws. They can pull out a win. Uh, it's going to be really important. And then going into July, 
and being able to find their groove and be a steady team. They don't have to win every game, but they really shouldn't lose every game, but be able to find a good pace that they can carry in into the fall and build up some momentum going into the MLS playoffs, which is the most important thing. It doesn't matter how you start off the season. It matters how you end the season. And we saw that last year with Nashville. They didn't end the season very hot, and uh, they, they fell flat on their face against LA Galaxy in the first round of the MLS playoffs. But obviously, you got to get through the rest of the season first before we even mention MLS playoffs. And the heart of their summer schedule starts this Sunday as they close out the month of May against the Columbus crew at home here in Nashville at Geodis Park, the best soccer stadium in the country. Make sure you guys are following along with Nashville SC because a lot can happen between now and September when things start to really heat up in the playoff picture. And these next two months are going to be extremely important to see if the team can stay healthy, if Hani Mukhtar can uh, stay at his at his height and uh, perform the way he's been performing, to see if Nashville makes any moves uh, at the transfer window, the summer transfer window, to see if they're going to add any more depth to the team, whether it is defensive depth or hopefully what a lot of fans are hoping for is a pure striker move. But this is all speculation, but these next two months are going to be really, really, really important. So make sure if you guys haven't bought tickets to go out to see games, you do that because there are going to be lots of fun and a lot can happen, and it's going to be the heart of Nashville sports this these next two and a half months. It's going to be all Nashville SC. So now I'd like to move on into a little bit of previewing for Vanderbilt baseball as they start their SEC tournament tonight against Auburn in Hoover, Alabama. That game is at 8 o'clock Central Time. So I believe that will be on ESPN or SEC Network, so you can watch that at home if you guys aren't traveling to Hoover. And – uh. Like we said in our conversation last week with uh, Andrew Allegretta, a lot depended on that Arkansas series to see if they were going to be able to bounce back after, you know, a couple rough series against Florida and um, Alabama. And that first game against Arkansas on Thursday night did not look very good. They kind of uh, fell flat on their face, but they were able to come back the next day and squeeze out some runs and have that eight-run eighth inning to come back and win it all and then game three the rubber game of the series them playing their butts off and fighting back and the both teams going back and forth was I mean that was just so impressive to watch and uh his Vanderbilt team is just legit and they are a real threat uh and contender for the national championship as they are every year but these last couple weeks, they were, I know I was questioning, a lot of people questioning, is this team as legit as they were last season, the past few seasons? And the answer is obviously, without a doubt, yes. And they have a top four seed, so they got the bye, so they didn't have to play on Monday or Tuesday. So they're playing tonight. It's going to be a big game. Um, I think regardless of how they play out in the SEC tournament, they're going to get a top eight seed in the regionals, the NCAA regionals which means that they will be hosting uh, the first round of regionals here in Nashville at the Hawk. Now, obviously, a lot could happen. The committee, whoever puts this together, they might not give Vanderbilt a top eight seed if they don't do too well tonight. But I think regardless of how they do in the SEC tournament, they deserve that. They're one of the best teams in the country, and they've proven that, that through ups and downs, they've been able to bounce back. 
and uh, just they're too good to just let slip to to not have, be a host team, especially the history of college baseball here in Nashville and Middle Tennessee. They they have to give Vanderbilt a. I'd be shocked if Vanderbilt does not get the home uh, advantage during the regionals. So now let's take a look at the, some of the biggest playmakers for Vandy and some of the guys that that need to be on point and will probably show up big time uh, either this week for the SEC tournament or into regionals uh, starting in June. I mean, obviously, right off the bat, um, no pun intended, RJ Shrek. He's been amazing. We talked about him last week with, uh, with Andrew and the kids batting 324. He, he's got 188 at-bats. He's got 55 RBI. He leads the team in home runs with 13. Uh, his slugging is 628. On-base percentage is 466. And I, he is second on the team with walks at 40. And he's just been fantastic. And he, he's been a great fielder. He's, been, he's a great defender. Um, I think, obviously, another guy who's been one of the best players in college baseball the last two years at least is Enrique Bradfield Jr. Uh, I mean, just he's just been a blessing for Vanderbilt. What he's been able to do, especially when it comes to uh, stolen bases, is is absolutely ridiculous. He's got 34 stolen bases this year on 40 attempts. That is just fantastic. He's got a 1,000% fielding percentage. His defense has been unbelievable. And then even his batting average, 293. 293 on 198 at-bats, 31 RBIs. He's got 43 walks, leading the team in walks, 58 hits. I mean, the kid's he's he's unbelievable. And a couple other guys, you know, Parker Noland also being able to come in clutch in a few moments. He's got nine nine home runs so far this season. He's got a 351 on base percentage. Obviously, uh, Chris Maldonado. Uh, we talked about the, the Maldonado brothers. I mean, they're both fantastic this year. It's great to see a brother duo, uh, especially a team like Vanderbilt with so much history. Um, they're doing great. Uh, Chris Maldonado at the plate is doing fantastic. Uh, only 134 at bat, uh, definitely on the lower end compared to the rest of the uh, starting roster. But 134 at bats uh, with 40 hits, 21 RBIs. He's got a 378 uh, on base percentage. And another guy who showed up big time for Vanderbilt this weekend was uh, Troy Leneve, who hasn't really done a whole lot this season. Uh, just looking at his stats, uh, he's only had 20 at-bats, just 20 at-bats, and only starting two games, uh, playing 15 games. But he hit two massive home runs, both three-run home runs, in the Game 2 and Game 3 against Arkansas. Uh, the kid was unbelievable, just in his... And just a handful of at-bats this weekend was probably the majority of what he played. Uh, he was huge. And I think that's what's special about Vanderbilt is maybe they don't have the star power that a Florida has. Like guys that are probably going to get drafted in MLB this upcoming uh, draft. But Vanderbilt's got guys who are sneaky and they, they can show up and they can produce. And I think that's just the power of Coach Corbin's uh recruiting is just special this is a special program it can bring in guys like that uh i I think he's definitely a guy to watch for this sec tournament depending on how many at-bats he gets just because of what he was able to do just this past weekend if he's able to stay hot it's he's going to be uh hard to trap 
that, that's going to be probably one of the most exciting players to see on the Vanderbilt size, the side. But definitely Enrique Bradfield Jr., whenever he's at the plate, whenever he's on, on the base, he's just always one of the most electric players in all of college, uh, all of college baseball. On the pitching side, it's it's pretty obvious who the two uh, aces are and two of the most important players for Vanderbilt are. It's uh, Hunter Owen and uh, Devin Futrell. It just those guys have been stellar all season. Uh, Owen has a three point one six ERA in ten games. Uh, ten some of those all ten he started uh, in fifty seven innings pitched. Futrell has been unbelievable these past two years. He's been great, but this year he's really shown up. Uh, sporting a 3.54 ERA and 73 innings pitched leads a team in strikeouts. Both those guys combined have 130 strikeouts. Uh, Owen with 67, Futrell with 63. Uh, what they've been able to do is just unbelievable at the starting level. And then you got other guys that come in uh, in relief. You got Nick Maldonado, who's played in 20 games, only 28 innings pitched. But he's sporting a 1.61 ERA with 37 strikeouts. He's going to be a guy that, that I could see Vanderbilt relying on a lot this postseason, late in the game, seventh inning, eighth inning, maybe even the closer. He's just been really, really special this season. And you look at other guys with the amount of innings pitched as well. Uh, Ryan Ginther, he's got uh, just about a three ERA, 20 appearances. 34 strikeouts and 32 inning, innings pitched. You look at his average against is a 190. It's one of the lowest on the team. So only a handful of guys are lower than that who've pitched more than 20 innings. And one of those is Nick Maldonado with a 146 opposing batting average. Also, another fun thing, Maldonado in 28 innings has only walked six batters. So this is a guy that will strike you out. This is a guy who will either make contact or you'll strike out. Um, he does not give up many walks. And I think when you look at Vanderbilt's pitching, the amount of guys they have available, the amount of guys who have pitched 20 innings or more and have the numbers, strikeout numbers, it should give fans ease. and It should give opposing teams a little bit of anxiety about how well this team can go into games, how deep, I should say, how deep this team can go into high-pressure tournament games. Because they have the arms to back them up. They have the arms that can go deep into the game and make up if a starter can't go deep in the game. They got they got plenty of guys that can go three straight games. They have the arms that can help them, you know, go deep into go into games. Even if a starter is struggling early in the game, they have enough guys with enough experience, with enough innings pitched, with enough experience striking out guys that they, they can go in the games and they can pitch two or three innings if need be guys that can close the game and possibly come back the next day or two days later to pitch again that's what separates this Vanderbilt team I think from the rest of the pack is their pitching has been stellar and it's been fantastic all year except for a handful of games here and there uh they kind of got their butts handed to them but um that last series of the season with both of those games being comeback wins at home against the number two team in the country. I mean, that's a mass, massive momentum going in. They were able to secure that fourth seed, probably secure the top eight seed uh, nationally to for the um, for the regionals. It, it's uh, They're on a good path, especially that momentum. It's all about momentum. 
like I mentioned with Nashville SC a little bit earlier, it's all about momentum, especially when you go into a tournament-style playoff or something like that. It's how did you end the season? It doesn't matter how they play all season because they started off really well, Vanderbilt, and they kind of got in a rough patch, and they found themselves back on top and were winning game after game after game, series after series, and they found themselves in about a three-week span when they were kind of choking a bit and losing games they really shouldn't have, getting swept. But they were able to bounce back and end the regular season on a really, really high note. And so I would say they're the team to beat in the SEC right now, probably next to Florida. And obviously Arkansas, you can never count them out. But Vanderbilt already had their number this week. So it, I, I won't be surprised if Vanderbilt uh, sees, they'll probably see Florida and Arkansas again if they go uh, all the way to the SEC championship game down in Hoover. So before we end this uh, episode, give you my games of the week i think obviously is going to be the sec baseball tournament uh regardless of vanderbilt in it or not that's going to be a fantastic tournament to watch um sec baseball has been the best all season by far and it's always been amazing but this season it's just been they've been out they've been playing out of their minds I mean, you have arkansas you got lsu you got florida you got Mississippi State, you got Vanderbilt, you got Tennessee killing it. You got Kentucky, who's doing really well as well. Um, They've just been so much fun. So definitely one of my games to watch, I mean, the entire SEC baseball tournament. And then Nashville SC on Sunday hosting Columbus Crew. That's going to be a really fun one to watch to see if they can bounce back. If not, uh, they'll start to slip in the standings a little bit because it's really, really tight. It doesn't mean a whole lot now, but you want to get on the right foot before you get in the heart of that summer that summer schedule because that's when teams can be made or can be broken. And also this weekend, for all you racing fans, it is the Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. One of the most highly anticipated, one of the best races in the entire NASCAR schedule. Uh, Charlotte has just got so much history there, and it's always one of the biggest most important races for a lot of fans and definitely the drivers and those teams. So for those of you who are NASCAR fans or some of those that maybe aren't huge sport uh, racing fans, I'd say if you're going to give NASCAR a shot at some point, this is one of the races to give them a shot at because the Coca-Cola 600 is always one of the best races. They're going unbelievably fast. There's always going to be a couple crazy accidents. It's going to get really intense, uh, as especially now that we're getting towards more of the kind of the heart of this NASCAR season. Uh, so a lot of drama so far uh, early on in this NASCAR season. But this is one of those premier races that really kind of sets the tone for the racing summer. So, I, I, yeah, if you're if you're a NASCAR fan, you got to watch it. If you're not the biggest NASCAR fan, but you're may, maybe trying to get into it, I'd say this is one you got to watch. And that's on Sunday on Fox. That's all we have for you this weekend, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me jibber-jabber about sports here in Nashville. Please be sure to subscribe to the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We'll have a new episode for you every week. Don't need to go look for it. If you're subscribed, we'll pop in right on your on your feed. And also, please be sure to, to follow the Sports Credential on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to stay up to date on any everything and anything Nashville sports news. We'll, we'll have you covered on every every new bit of news, uh, in-depth feature stories, 
industry news, from big deals being made, advertising news, everything, everything and anything national sports news you could you could think of. We got you here covered at the Sports Credential. So once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.